You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. We're almost through our first week of the off season. Post Glendale. The post Glendale. Although, as it turns out, I'm probably going to have to go back to Glendale one more time. (laughs) No. Buddy, I'm done. It has a hold on you. I'm done. I can't let you go. You got to go to Glendale again? Really? Draft lottery. Bill Armstrong's going to be talking after the draft lottery. So, oh, that's coming up. Got to be there. It's yes, it is. It's on away. Tuesday. Yeah. I don't have to do it. I don't no, PD, you and I are going to be in the studio and we're going to have alcohol at the ready because Seriously? we're either going to good and bad. Well, yeah, we're either going to be popping bottles. So, we might have, so we might have champagne and doing something very positive, or we might be doing something very, very negative. I don't know. What's the negative one? Shots? <laughs> I, I don't know what we're going to have to do. We, we might have to do something heavier than that. I like uh, I mean, I'm not even sure it's alcohol at that point. It might, might involve know. needles or something. Can it, happen? <laughs> can it happen again? Can it happen again? Of course it could happen again. It's the Coyotes. Do you think most fans, employees, people associated with this organization are going, oh, shit, they're picking four. Like, they, well, let's just get on with it. Don't even bother with the balls. Don't even watch on the show. We're four. I think I think that. People have resigned themselves to their fourth. That's sad. Like, let's go through the excitement and the enjoyment of just maybe, maybe the ball falls. Let's the keep right hope. Way. Keep hope alive. Keep yep. hope alive. We'll do our best. Yep. We'll do our best. Well, that's looking ahead, but we're gonna look behind because we're already on Thursday. It's almost been a week since the Coyote season, and we haven't even talked about wrapped up the Coyote season. Even though Craig on the post game show said we're done, but <laughs> we have to, I think, talk about just some regular season awards for. But that awards that we're giving, <laughs> you are they awarded nothing but our words and praises. But just looking back at the season the Coyotes had, because there were some positives. It was a really, really tough season, but there were a lot of things that are good to look back on. So let's start with the MVP of the Coyotes this season. This one for me was easy. I went with Clayton Keller. I uh, yeah. loved how he emerged this season. Loved how he dedicated himself in the offseason to getting bigger. And I had heard this uh, from so many people. Clayton Keller had add, added five pounds of weight from his draft year up until last summer. All that time, only five pounds. Well, his body's finally maturing. He added seven pounds of lean muscle. You could see it. The way he approached battles, just the way he approached the game. He had more confidence on the ice. 
unfortunately, his season ended with that gruesome leg injury, which apparently is not as gruesome as we thought because <laughs> he's going to be skating in like two weeks. But Clayton Keller really emerged. This was the first time where I looked at Clayton Keller, I looked at the contract, and those two are going to be linked forever. And I said, okay, yeah, you know what? He's worth the money. He's going to be worth the money. Yeah, and I, I said over the summer and leading up to the season that – They'll never be able to move this contract. He's not worth what he signed. And yada. I was wrong. I was wrong. I Clayton Keller, what he did, not only did he get a little bigger and stronger, I agree, but he took his game to a different level, but it wasn't so one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. I think you talk to coaches that had Clayton Keller here previously, you'll say he's an offensively gifted player that plays on the perimeter, but has a really good shot and can help on your power play. And that was it. And end of story. But then... This year, he added the defensive side of the puck, his ability to track back hard and back check through the defense or through the neutral zone, his ability to defend and good sticks. And he was out there killing penalties. He was out there in the last minute of games that they were ahead in. Yep. Like he, he, he grew as a player much more mature on the ice and, and hands down the MVP. What I have said going into the season it was going to be Keller, probably not. I would have probably leaned a little bit more to a young defenseman that didn't quite pan out that year for him. Um, I don't even know if there's a close second to the Coyotes MVP right now. Yeah. Maybe Shane Gostisbehere yeah. um, for what he did, but but we'll talk about him probably a little bit later. So Clayton Keller is my Arizona Coyote MVP. Leah? Well, yeah, it's Clayton Keller for me too. Unanimous. And not only did he lead the team in points and goals, but when he did go out with that injury, and I know this team wasn't winning a ton of games this year, but when he was out, you felt his absence. And I think oh, that's God, yeah. what makes the mark of an MVP is you're the most valuable to your team. Your team. And him being out had a huge impact on the team and not a positive one. So, I mean, pretty easy for me. And yep. I hope that this is just now the, the floor for him. And it's right. only up from here. And that's right. what's Can exciting. He yeah, Can he take what, another step forward? That's what's exciting. Look forward. And we talk about hopefully when he gets a elite center between him and Schmaltz <laughs> that it can turn in and, that way. You talk about his injury. This is a major, major injury. I know he's he's talking about being on the ice much quicker than anybody had anticipated. But it's different to talk about. It's different to work out in the gym. It's different to skate around there with your buddies. And then you go out and you're going into the boards looking at the glass going, oh, shit, is somebody going to hit me? There's a mental side. And I know side that's not it. how he got hurt. I know it's... He no, didn't but there's a mental side hit. to coming back from an injury. For sure. And... and, yeah. and it, it, he wouldn't be the first guy that had some difficulties coming back from a major horrific injury. So let's hope he can get back on sooner than later because I think that will help him, you know, get back on the horse and get back at and, and, and keep improving and raising the bar from where he left off. The thing that I discovered about Clayton Keller this year is how competitive he is. He's one of those guys that's going to, it doesn't matter what you're playing, he's going to try and shove it in your face. And that's good. You want that from your best player. And right now, Clayton Keller is their best player. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next award. Most improved. Most improved. I'll let one of you guys go first. I don't want to go first on all this. This is really hard when you talk about most improved because most improved compared to what? Yeah. There's, you know? There can be a lot of candidates for this. And, and there really are. To what they were the previous well, year, I guess. Keep in so mind, our next our next category is going to be biggest comeback. So yes. that can help you weigh. Okay. So I'm going to go with Travis Boyd. For this particular award, because of what the expectations were of this player coming in and what he has been in his career in the past and what he actually became, became a number one center for this team. And statistically, his numbers were pretty solid offensively. And you got to say that 
players played better around him. I tell you what, there was a point when we talked about Keller, Keller and Schmoltz, when you had Boyd between them in the middle, they were better. And so I think for him, his biggest step from one season to the next, so I will say, I, I thought there were glimpses of Christian Fisher playing a little better. I thought there were Kraus playing better, but consistently over the whole 82 games, I'm going to have to go yeah, with Boyd. Why don't you tell people all the categories so they know what's coming? Yes. So we are going to be voting on most improved, biggest comeback, leader, and leadership. Okay. So so you, you can follow them up. I'll go. Okay. So, I mean, there's a ton of ways I can go on this. And this answer is not my, no, that means that disqualifies anybody else. But just the first person that came to mind for me was Shane Gostisbehere. The Coyotes got him for essentially nothing. He finished with uh, 51 points this year compared to 20 the previous season with the Flyers. He played half the games, to be fair. But, you know, looking at his stats from the last few seasons and the tr- the way he's come along this year and what he did with on the Coyotes, which is not a great team. He's not, you know, going to get a ton of points based on well, the offensive output of the team as a whole. For me, he's most improved from where he was last year. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with PD. That's a good argument too, though. But I'm gonna go with PD on this because Travis Boyd, like when I when they got him, I reached out to people, media members in Toronto, and say, "Hey, are they getting anything?" They're like, "No, he's just a guy. He might might be your fourth line center. That's his ceiling in the NHL." Well, as it turned out, he played between Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller for a good chunk of the season. Seventeen goals, I think, is what he finished with. He has career highs all across the board. Nobody thought that Travis Boyd was a legitimate NHL player that I talked to. And yet here he is. And and listen, some of that's circumstance, right? The situation on the Coyotes roster gave him that opportunity. But man, did he take advantage of it? And I think he proved a lot of people wrong. And I I, I agree 100% with Boyd because clearly that's who I voted mm-hmm. for. But I want to give an honorable mention to a guy that probably needs some recognition today that might not get it. And that's Dyson Mayo. That's who I was going to say. If after And he's a guy that you look at that not only – became a, a player that played in the NHL, played regular in the NHL. He was playing over 20 minutes a game against some really good players. Like he's the guy that would jump over the boards when the best in the league jumped over the boards. Last year, Tucson Roadrunner. And, yeah. and, and this year you expected him to be a Tucson Roadrunner. He's an NHL player now. Yeah. So I, I think Boyd took a huge leap and changed the whole dynamic of what kind of player he was. I think this is what Dyson Mayo was projected to be and the path he is on. I just think the path maybe came a little bit quicker. But I wanted to make sure we mentioned Dyson Mayo as well. Yeah, it's good to mention. One more note on Travis Boyd. He had a little bit of a shoulder issue at the end of the season. If it hadn't been for that, he'd be going to the World Championships for Team USA because wow. wow. he was, he was going to be on that team. Wow, that's wow. fantastic. Good yeah. for him. That's awesome. All right, biggest comeback. See, now that's where I go to Shane Gostisbehere. That's that's what my choice for biggest comeback. Yeah, they're because, similar, similar vibes. Yeah, yeah, he was left for dead. Philadelphia unloaded him and gave the Coyotes other assets just to clear that cap space. Everybody I talked to in Philly said he's lost that dynamic first step. He can't do the things that he did offensively anymore. Well, he he can. He definitely can. He can run yeah. a power play. We know why he was running the power play instead of Jacob Chikrin because he's really effective at it. He still showed that crazy spin move that he's been doing since college. Shane Gossespierre has some game left. And I'll tell you what, if he keeps doing this through the first few months of next season, he's going to fetch him a nice return at the trade deadline because they probably will look to flip him then for more assets. He has proven that he can still be a really good NHL player. 
I'll go next. Um, my biggest comeback is Andrew Ladd, and you've given your case a few times. It's the on, other choice. It's a great choice. You've given your case a few times already, just in his nomination for the Masterton Award. I mean, everything we could just take everything you said for that and yeah. apply it to this. But I mean, he talk about being left for dead and traded <laughs> for nothing out of the league, yeah. out of the league, and the effort that he put in to get back to this place. And you know, before the season began, we talked about will he, how many games will he even play? And you know, aside from injury and some healthy scratches, mostly for his age and rest too he he had an impact on this team um so for me andrew ladd is the best comeback yeah i think it's hard to not my vote is also for andrew ladd and, and i make this kind of personal because i was so critical of him in the in the weeks leading up to the season and after watching him play that i thought it was done the experiment was over he can't play and i and i think even from that moment and that's september from September to October, how hard he worked to get to where he was. So I think that 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 is number one. And my my honorable mention for that would be Nick Ritchie, who's a guy that's also rejuvenated career. He was in the NHL last year. He played, but he had two goals for Toronto. And he wasn't playing with Marner and Matthews, yeah. no less. And he wasn't able to become the player that they thought he had been previously in his career. He has regained that here where he came in here and became an offensive player that could get to the net and drive the net, become the player. I think that they wanted him to be in Toronto. So lad, clearly you talk about comeback from not playing at all to be able to do what he did in the national hockey league. And then Nick Ritchie going from where he started in the mine. He was in the minors in January to where he is by the end of the season. Too. I really hope Andrew Ladd wins the Masterton. I, I worry about, sorry, I worry about East Coast bias here. Well, I mean, I think there's going to be a strong case for Kevin Hayes. Yeah, I think Hayes is probably going to win it because it's always that, well, he lost his brother and he had to overcome that. But I mean, we we're talking about, when we're talking about the total package. What happens and, now? It's, we don't know yet. I talked to Andrew Ladd about that. I wrote about this as well. And everybody knows if, if he plays a game, the Coyotes don't get that pick. Or if he retires before the season, there are a lot of stipulations to yeah, that third-round draft pick. And, and it's I, a third-round draft pick, so let's not get too crazy and wrapped up. We've in already it. talked about how many picks he had. We had Tim Burnhart yesterday. We talked about how more. Like, it got enough. Like, let's let's worry about the person here. So what are the other? what's the other option? He retires. They don't get the pick. He plays. He doesn't get the pick. So what's what's Put him on LTIR. Well, right. who does that benefit? The benefits the, the Coyotes. Yeah. So, but I don't know what's going to happen there. He here's the other thing: when he went out with the injury, it was a third surgery on the same knee. Yeah, a third wow. surgery. Yeah, his body's banged up. And he said, when I asked him about this uh, on breakup day, he said, "I don't know yet. My body's pretty beat up, so I got to. I'm going to take some time, and you know, I'll, I'll reach out again later in the summer. But I don't. I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, a lot of guys. You know how this is, Petey." It's hard to say goodbye to the game. Yep. Even if your body is not willing anymore, it's yeah. hard to say goodbye to the game. They get a little ways down the road and they think, I can do this for Maybe. one more season. But Especially in the summertime when you're away from it. And that's when you yep. miss it the most. You're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs on TV. You go, oh, shit, I want to be a part of it. I want to play. Oh, I can get back. And, and the one thing that the team gives you is gives you doctors and rehab and yep. medical all, help. and All the resources you need. Yep. Yeah. So maybe... Maybe I just I looked at the two choices and in retiring or playing and there was option three, but I guess there is. Option yeah, three. but he hit a thousand games. He's won yep. two Stanley Cups. There's nothing left for Andrew Ladd to achieve. So do you hang on one more year with the Coyotes going through this? And does it again? become contentious? Yeah. Does it become contentious with the organization and Andrew Ladd? I don't I know. hope not. I hope they don't hope care that much about a third round pick that it becomes contentious. I, I can't see it. But, just knowing. But what does he need to accomplish? Yeah. And what what yep. is it worth it to him? 
I and maybe it, it is. I, mean, I don't want to say it isn't because for some guys, simply playing is enough. They love the game that much. Yeah. And it's pretty damn clear that Andrew Ladd loves the game. Yes. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone through what he went, went through. over 50 games this year. Yeah, like, it's incredible. Nobody would have thought that. Props to Andrew Ladd. Not like that. I mean, to, to redo his game, if you've read some of the stuff that I wrote with Adam Oates working on him, where like his left leg, or I'm trying to remember which leg it was. Maybe it was his right. I'm, apologies. But wasn't working properly. And Andrew Ladd, uh, Adam Oates had to retrain him. But then he's going working with a mental skills coach where he admits I, I was kind of a negative guy, as he said. I had a resting bitch be, face. Though, right? Hard not yeah, to be. He turned that around. Like you talk to the guy now, you're like, I, I haven't seen that Andrew Ladd. I, I don't know that Andrew Ladd because he's literally changed his outlook on life. Man, what a story he is. Absolutely unbelievable. I just want to go back to um, an episode we did on October 5th before the season. How many games will Andrew Ladd play? Craig said 10. Petey said 10. I said 14. And what was it actually you said? 51. So proved us all wrong. Leo wins. Yeah, I was the closest to 51 at 14. Unbelievable. And also while we're on the subject of looking back, goal leader. Petey said, so why are we doing this? Louis yeah. Erickson. Why, why are you doing this? Louis <laughs> it's it was close. Uh, Craig said, Chikrin. I said, Clayton Keller. And I quote, I think Clayton Keller is going to have his comeback year, and I think he's wow. going to lead the Look team in that. goals. And if you would like to go back to that episode on October 5th, um, that was don't. the I really don't need to either. seven time stamp that I said that, mm. just so everyone knows. This is where I give you the, had seven, the, uh, Louis had three. the Chevy Chase line that Dave Vest always recited to me when I'd talk about something that I got right. He'd go, God, I admire you. <laughs> it's impressive i was way up i got i got you know what i got caught up in the renaissance hype that craig was dishing i know during training camp. come yeah. on yeah but i didn't I jumped, louis board. <laughs> I jumped on board i jumped on board the louis renaissance train going holy shit they're gonna he's gonna no huh. and well, i got flashbacks to the old louis erickson in dallas and it just didn't quite well work. on the subject of well, I don't know if this is the right transition, but our next it. category would be uh, the leadership award. And it doesn't have to be one person. It can be multiple. And just because of his veteran presence and experience, I, Louis Erickson comes to mind. That's why I transitioned it that way. But I'm curious. And, you know, Craig, you were there like on the ground. So I want to start with you. Who For leadership? You? Yeah. I'm going to go with Anton Strawman. And I think that's a big reason that they're considering resigning him, bringing him back. They loved the influence he had on their young defensemen, and they certainly had enough of them in the lineup as we went along because of all the injuries. He had a really big impact on them, and it's it's hard to get a feel for players when you can't get inside the locker room and spend as much time with them as you normally do covering a team. It's really hard to cover a team like this. But we had enough conversations with Anton Strubman. First of all, he's incredibly articulate. He's incredibly thoughtful. But then you, you get a little sense of his, his personality as well, his sense of humor when he does those things like during the Super Bowl, he walks past the camera and says, American football sucks. <laughs> things like He's a funny guy. He's a good guy. They love his influence around there. Like I said, they love his influence on the young D. I'm going with Anton Strowman. Yeah, that, that's hard to argue with that one. Just from you outward, I'm more outside than, yeah. than Craig's inside yeah. the the workings of it. Outwardly, that just saying who they pair him with and what they had for a job responsibility on the ice, you knew he must have been able to do things off the ice. But I think that that you you can go to other people on this team this year did the same thing. I think Beagle did. Yep. I think Roussel to some extent did. I, I think that Ladd absolutely yeah. did. Yes, no question. And, and, and in their own way, they were leaders. And it had to be an incredibly difficult team 
season to go through with this group. And I think without that veteran glue and experience and leadership, I don't know if that would have been a much more negative atmosphere around that group. I think they were able to help keep it in a positive light, even though they were struggling. And a couple other people I'll mention in the leadership role. By the way, Anton Strauman is the top of that. So we'll clarify that. But there's two more I'd like to mention. And I don't know if he's necessarily a guy you think of as Phil Kessel. And Phil Kessel's a guy that he's not the first guy in the gym in the morning. He's not maybe doing everything exactly the way the coaching staff would like to have things done. But Phil cares. He pulls people around him together and kept, I think he helped keep this atmosphere light this season. Yes, He competes. You can't knock his compete level out there. Like he's, I tell you, not many people want to score more than Phil, even though he wasn't able to. I think he has, it's a different kind of leadership. It's not, hey, look how many pull ups I can do and you better do just as many plus one. I don't think that's the kind of leadership that he does. I think he, he helped build the camaraderie of the group that kept the positivity going. And the last guy was Christian Fisher, who Mm. probably didn't have the season on the ice that he was hoping for. He didn't get the minutes he was hoping for. He got injured, which he clearly wasn't hoping for going into a contract season. But he's a guy that off the ice, he is a leader. And yeah. he does do things the right way and prepares the right way. And Those so, are really good points. I'm glad you mentioned Kessel because it is a completely different type of leadership. And he never, ever gets credit for that. But yeah, the guys love him. They absolutely, he's, He is. He's a cult hero around there. It's a different feel, but... Phil is a positive influence in that respect. And then Christian Fisher, thank you for saying it because it reminds me of a conversation I had recently when I asked a couple of people, what is the organizational view of Christian Fisher? And I was told they love him. They love what he brings to that team and to that room. So that, that says a lot. He has a really positive influence. Yeah. yeah, I'll bring up a story. And we, we had the party bus a week ago and I know it was on our Twitter. So most people probably saw that. But one of the fans loyal to the program and a lot of programs, Karen listens to the show, had a Christian Fisher jersey on that she got in an auction. Like it was a, you know, a game worn practice uh, that they were in before the game in warm up jersey. And she's, oh, it had an autograph on it, but it wore off. And so I got on the phone and I, within minutes, did you have a photo of that? Yeah. yeah. I, that's it's, what I saw. That's, that's, within that's on minutes, it's on Twitter. Fish just goes, where are you? I don't have a gray Sharpie because it was a black jersey. I don't have a gray Sharpie. Where do you need me to be? And it, it wasn't like, oh, shit. I mean, the is that why you texted me? Do you have a Sharpie? Yes, that's yeah. why I he texted me. I remember getting that text like, that. what? I know. It was I just, know. I, I actually <laughs> was confused too, but I was like, we just had a few beers. I don't but, know. Finding a, Sharpie, <laughs> finding a Sharpie after a few beers in the last game was not a priority on most people's life. <laughs> but it took a few minutes. But once we had the Sharpie, yeah, I, he where, when, what do you need me to do? It wasn't even. A, and that, again, hey, he didn't have to do that. It's during the game, hey, Petey, don't bother me. I don't have to come down. I'm, 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 first of all, I'm injured. I don't really want to be around fans. To do that, I got to come down to the concourse. I don't want to get swamped. You know what? Thanks, but no thanks. But he didn't. It was where and when. What do I need to do? There's a reason he has already won the Shane Doan Good Guy Award. Yep, there you go. I so shout out to Christian Fisher. That was impressive. And I tell you what, he made a fan for life right there. Yep. Did you pick already? No, but you. I feel like we covered everyone, <laughs> so I'll just Who's say. your choice? Oh, I leadership oh, you don't want to I, do it because you're not around yeah i just that's i don't feel that's like fair. i'm on the ground enough but i all the points that you both made i i agree so okay. i echo that um this is like the most positive coyotes podcast wow. we've had all year <laughs> this wow. is amazing i'm having so much fun um before we wrap up though 
we just need to talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook app because the NHL and the NBA playoffs are going on right now. And this week at DraftKings, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. You can also turn a big bet into a or a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with same game parlays. And right now all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25. If one leg doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings sportsbook app. Now use the promo code PHNX bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800 next step. New customers only minimum $5 deposit eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Fantastic reading. Thank you. Did it again. I didn't clap. I know. I should okay. Have. Should we clap right now? No, I, I don't. It's okay. Oh, well, thank you. you. The, the influence well, of Paul, Paul Bissonnette. Bissonnette yeah. right. I know. And he's right. Thank you. Appreciate should we also chirp Ranger that. fans? <laughs> yeah, oh, right. He's, he's been wow. on one on, on social that. media this week. It's awesome. Um, before we wrap up, just while we're on the positive note, let's just each of us share one or two of our best memories from what was not the most enjoyable season in Coyotes history, but for me, it, it was in the sense that we got to do this podcast and we made it through a whole season, 82 post-game shows we did. And it, For me, I'm going to go with, first, let's start with the bookends that PHNX wrapped around this season. The first game of the year, we sat in a press box, all dressed up in our Sunday best, and we did our first show of the hockey season live inside the arena. The first together. home game show. Home game oh, show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was home because he started off two road games. Okay, so that's the one. Illegally. And then we got to, you know, and we got to, and we exited <laughs> the season together again at Gila River on the party bus. And what fantastic bookends for difficult season, but to see, it's funny, and, and I'll digress a little PHNX memories here. That first game, that first whole game, as I'm driving in, it's we we're told, hey, they're going to do a meet and greet with you guys at the arena. I'm like, what? Like, we've been on air for like two weeks. Like, meet and greet. We, we went up. We went up right in front of the arena, and we had six people. Yep. Come meet us. Six, which is six more than I thought were going to be there. <laughs> and there was a couple that was there that was also on the party bus. Yep. Months and months and months Beautiful. later. And, and you it. just saw the progression of the, the chats and the people in the Discord and the people online. And you start going, okay, the team may suck, but people are still watching. People are people are still paying attention. So for, for me, it was the community that, with the, the, the pa- PHNX. Pack ther- and pack therapy. That started. That's what got us It through. started. It started. Like yeah. this is the grassroots. The seeds have been planted. It's started. We got a long way to go. And the team has a long way to go, and the franchise has a long way to go, and PHNX has a long way to go, but it started. And I, I am so happy to be a part of the community. Me, as always, I'm going to do snapshots. Um, believe it or not, the first game of the season when I was in Columbus and we had our first live show was a highlight for oh, me. Oh, the trash can. The trash can. I forgot and, about and, that. And I learned that a trash can upside down can be very effective for getting you to the right height for camera. <laughs> and I have employed that tactic many times since with the Aaron Portsline. <laughs> you know, pushing me along and giving me tips on how to use the trash can properly in Columbus. Before that though, I would, uh, in, in talking about the community, I have gone to a lot of outlets. I think everybody knows that by now. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who followed me 
to yet another adventure. <laughs> Thank you to all the subscribers that came over from The Athletic and then to AZ Coyotes Insider with Substack and now to PHN Exports. I hope to settle in for a yes. while so <laughs> you won't have to you know, be on this nomadic existence with me for a while. But thank you. Thank you for having the faith. And I hope we've delivered far more because I, I think we have. And, and that's why I came here. I thought there was the opportunity to do way more than I was able to do at Substack or even at The Athletic. So again, a thank you to all of our subscribers. We hope to build on this and do even more in the next year. And then that last game, just like you said, going out on the Dosecki's deck. I, I wasn't on the bus because I was in Glendale at three o'clock, but going out on the Dosecki's deck and seeing it packed with PHNX subscribers was really cool. And then to have it end the way it did, yeah. it was such a classic Coyotes game. They, they fell back. behind four nothing in the first seven minutes of the game. And they come back and win that game to close out the Glendale era in style. It felt hopeful. I felt hopeful again. I feel hopeful about the Coyotes' future in spite of all the insanity swirling around this franchise with the arena, with the performance of the team, and with the unknown of the lottery and the draft. I feel hopeful. And I think a big part of that is because of you two and because of our community. And that's where I'll stop. Wow. wow. So poetic. <laughs> wow. Did you start drinking already? <laughs> <laughs> wow. He has his lemons in a Ziploc bag. That's true. It's, it's, his it's ecstasy. Drink. I'll just say I'm on ecstasy. Now, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, a few that for me, and I'll echo what you both have said, but when the when they beat the Leafs on national TV, on yep. TNT, that mm. was a highlight. Nick Schmaltz's seven-point game. Wow. You know, it, well, it was a dark season, but there were some really high moments. The Melka shutout. The Melka shutout in Winnipeg. Keller's all-star game. Wedgwood coming in and stopping, stopping the, streak the streak again. Like just some unbelievable moments still, even in a really tough season. Um, and yeah, I mean, I you've said you both said it so beautifully, but just the, the bookends that you said of our first home game and the last and the way the Coyotes came back from a four-goal deficit and won the last game in Gila River Arena and that we were there with everybody. That was just so incredibly special. So cool. That wow. is a perfect walk-off for this podcast, I think. It really is. And um, we'll, the, the coverage is not stopping. The draft lottery, like we said, it's a few days away. We'll be going live. Talk about pack therapy. We'll be going live at the start of it, so you can watch it alongside with us. Craig will be, unfortunately, in Glendale one more time at the arena. But Petey and I will have drinks flowing, and we hope that you'll join us um, for that. And we'll have our immediate reactions to the Coyotes slotted pick as well. So join us for that. Craig will continue to put out stories on gophnx.com. So become a member today so you can access all of those and join the family. You know, we just talked a lot about that this community is a family. It really, really is. We felt it on the bus. We felt it even still on that first game with the six people who came and met us. We hear it in the Discord every day and on Twitter at phnx underscore coyotes. So thank you all so much for listening, for commenting on YouTube, for commenting in the Discord, for tweeting at us. It really means so much to us. One rebuild year down, one to go, and now it's full steam ahead to the draft and draft coverage and prospects and all of that. So more to come, more to come on that. And um, we'll be back tomorrow live at 11 a.m. That's our show time. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, except for next week because Tuesday is the draft lottery. Set your alarms 11 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday for our live shows going forward in the off season. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. Have a great rest of your day.